me Cause I'm exactly where I want to be Yeah, I'm a sinner through and through And I'll be waiting in hell for Welcome to The Morbid Forest. traveler ranger harper here <laughs> and who is your cute friend oh oh and what big eyes you have <laughs> i would tell you to be careful of even the smallest of creatures but it seems you've already learned that lesson much like my friend harry <laughs> malevolent things can come even in the smallest of packages his story is a tragic one that's called Human for Lease. The overwhelming smell of shit and piss clung to my nose as I perused down the aisles of the Rudolph County Animal Shelter. All manner of brown water eyes, some crystal blue, even narrowly yellow peer up at me, tracking my slow examination of each occupant. There were matted furs, overly fluffy furs, waterlogged muzzles, and slimy wet snouts, some eager and others not so willing. However, none yet looked like mine. I'd been coming to the shelter for the last four weeks, and each week they left me the advent window shopper. By now, the staff knew my face, and each visit they commented that this would be the one. It was shaping up to be the latter. A few of the occupants I already knew. Too many tales and not enough happy endings. I stopped in front of a kennel with a bush of a chow-chow inside. The name on the kennel card read Duke. He was four years old and not suitable for a household with small children. <sighs> Neither am I, buddy. Neither am I. I said to Duke. His nub tail tucked back and forth, his head cocked to the side, as if he was asking me, Why not? I stooped, pushing my fingers through the kennel barrier, coaxing Duke over. He eyed them warily, suddenly unsure of me. I tried not to take offense. Any prospects today? A feminine voice asked over my shoulder. I tore my gaze from Duke to the kennel volunteer behind me. The edges of my mouth corked up on their own accord. Allison's beaming smile made my toes curl. If she was up for adoption, I would take her home immediately. No, not today. I paused, trying to not sound like the pathetic lonely man that I was. Am I just... Not a settler. She prodded, saving me before I began. 
I laughed. <laughs> well, that's one way to put it. I stand, dusting out the wrinkles in my jeans. Was my shirt clean? Shit, I can't remember. I stifled the eagerness to take a sniff of it. Nothing says weirdo like sniffing your pits in public. We continued down the road together, and I'd never been so thankful for tight spaces. Rudolph County wasn't a rich one, and the animal shelter reflected that. Chipped walls were paired with suspicious mildew in nearly every ceiling corner. Cot beds held together with duct tape and a prayer. Most kettle doors were zip-tied in varying sections to keep the occupants from escaping, but they rarely stayed in place. It was sadder than my depressing life, and that in and of itself was depressing. Allison's presence muted all the overlooked cars of the shelter. Her sweet lavender and vanilla scent drew me closer, and I wished I could roll around and bury myself in it. Her light-brown hair was slung lazily into a low ponytail, leaving strawberry kiss wisps to lightly frame her face. She tucked a few away behind her ear as we walked, and I nearly sighed out loud in relief to be able to see her face clearer. Can I ask you a question? I, I choked, clearing my thought. Fuck, w w was I leaning too close? Shit. I was being creepy, wasn't I? Uh, uh yeah, sure. W w what's your question? God, I was pathetic. Do you think maybe you're looking for the wrong thing here? I blinked at her, trying to understand her question. My face must have shown my confusion because she continued. Like the wrong animal? Oh, 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 uh, uh, yeah, what, what, what type should you look for? I mean, doesn't everybody want a dog? Dogs are man's best friend, and if I were lucky, one would become my first and only friend. Fuck, that's depressing. Allison smiled softly, my stomach bottoming out in my shoes. Yes, Sully, most people want dogs, but not everybody is a dog person. I nodded, following her out of the dog area and into the main lobby of the shelter. We moved across the floor, the clerk at the front desk giving us a quizzical look. I tried not to look awkward as I trailed dumbly behind Allison. She stopped in front of a mixed-match painted door with poorly sketched paws climbing from top to bottom. In the center of the door hung a faded door plaque that read, The Cat Den. I raised an eyebrow at her. Think I should adopt the cat? I asked, trying not to sound... Well, what was I trying not to sound like? Offended? Emasculated? Guys, at least single ones anyway, don't adopt cats. Cats were for spinsters with hoarding and knitting problems. What's wrong with cats? Are you allergic? Allison asked, one foot in the room already. Oh, oh no, no, not, not allergic. I just... Do men even traditionally get cats when they live alone? At that, Allison laughed, shaking her head, her ponytails swishing wildly from side to side. Cats are great pets for single guys. Low maintenance, you don't have to walk them, and they'll kill all the spiders in your house. Well, if you approve, please lead the way. I gestured to her to continue onward, already knowing I wasn't going to find anything inside. Bile rose in my throat as the powerful stench of ammonia clawed up my nostrils. My face must have shown it because Allison nodded in understanding. I know, but it won't be as bad with just one cat. And if you've got a garage, you can put the litter box in there. I nodded, not trusting my mouth to open. The room was small, with cages built into the three facing walls. Soft meowing and a few angry growls greeted us. Yeah, this was definitely a bad idea. I didn't know anything about cats. I wanted to turn on my heels and bolt from the room. But one look at Allison's hopeful face had me moving forward to check out the first occupant in the room. 
A black cat lounged on a dingy gray bed. His eyes slowly watched us and found us not up to snuff because he promptly closed them and went back to sleep. I frowned, not liking the feeling of being judged and dismissed all at the same time. That's Barry. Don't worry, he looks at everyone like that. Allison said, trying to reassure me. Right. My frown deepened. Don't cats normally not like people? Well, some cats can be very independent, but there are a few who are almost like dogs with how much love and attention that they give their owner. How do I find one of those? She laughed, her slender fingers sliding between the kennel bars of a cage, housing a tabby cat who was purring so loud I thought it might vibrate right out of the cage. Just like dogs, cats tend to pick their owners. You'll know the right one when they see you. I gave her a doubtful look, but continued through the room. As in the dog kennel room, none of the cats seemed too interested, until I reached a cage on the last wall. The cat inside was unlike any cat I've ever seen. He was a pile of fluff, yet his fur didn't look matted or drastically puffy. He was a ruddy orange color in the dank light of the shelter, but I almost mistook for red. Black patches of fur poked out precariously throughout his coat, only seeming to bring the orange coloring to the forefront. His ears were curved points with black and orange tufts, giving him the appearance of horns. Midnight black socks and striking yellow eyes completed his mesmerizing look. A small card on the corner of the cage read Mr. Tumnus. I laughed audibly at the name. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was my favorite book growing up, I said absentmindedly. My fingers reached on their own towards the tiny beast. Be <gasps> Allison's words were cut off as she took a sharp intake of breath. I turned a little to see what was wrong, just as soft fur glided gently over the tips of my fingers. Allison stared at my hand, her mouth practically hanging open. Uh, wow, um, I have no words. She stammered. I wiggled my fingers, and Mr. Tumnus pushed more into them. Wow, I am speechless. We thought we'd never find him a home. He's hated everyone who's come toward him, and normally we warn people to try not to pet him. Because more often than not, he'll bite or scratch them. I turned my attention back to Mr. Tumnus, and I couldn't imagine him being as mean as she said he was. Really? He, he seems friendly to me. Allison laughed, sound musical and lovely. <laughs> well, looks like you found yourself a pet. Finally. Yeah. Yeah, I think I have. the gear shift gingerly in the park as we came to a stop in the driveway. We're here, Mr. Tumnus. I hope my place is to your liking. I wanted to smack myself in the forehead. Really, Harry? Talking to your cat already? <sighs> I turned in my seat, unbuckling the passenger seatbelt coiling around Mr. Tumnus's cardboard carrier. He hadn't said a word the entire drive home, bugging my anxiety into new levels of red as I panicked that that wasn't abnormal for a cat. I didn't think they liked car rides, like dogs, but to be silent the whole time? I peered through the small air holes in complete darkness. Mr. Tumnus? I called, nearly afraid he disappeared during the drive here. A single yellow slitted eye peered back at me for a moment, and then fluttered closed once more. He was sleeping. Well then, my mom always told me I was a shit driver. Guess I'll have to tell that Mr. Tumnus thinks otherwise. 
Stepping from the car, I moved around the backside to collect my roommate as a deep, heavy metal music began blaring from the garage next door. Fucking Travis. Fucking Mihai was gonna keep us all night with his weight banging and heavy drum and bass line. I called the cops on him a few times in the past, but of course, Travis is friends with the local cops. I made a complaint anonymously, but somehow the prick knew it was me, making my life a near nightmare since I would have moved, but not like anywhere else in the shit town was any better. Clutching the carrier tight to my chest, I hustled inside, hoping not to grab his attention. Hope is not a luxury for me. What's in the box, Harry? More dolls for your pussy collection? <laughs> a few jeers followed my progress as I crossed my passing lawn to the front door. I try not to respond when he gets like this drunk and even more of an asshole. I'm not always successful. I don't collect dolls, Travis. They're limited edition collector figurines that'll be worth more than you could bench one day. I heard the laughter over my shoulder, my keys shaking with anger as I thrust them into the lock. I'm sure that's not all they're limited to do for you. <laughs> He retorted, his gaggle of goons chortling at his remark. I slammed the door before I had to listen to any more of their insults. My breathing labored as I tried to calm myself. Fucking assholes. I'm sorry you had to hear that, Mr. Thomas. Those guys are pieces of shit. This is not how I wanted your first day home to go. I paused, took a deep breath, and then placed the carrier on the floor, unfastening the lid. A strike of orange lightning burst from the box, and I yelped in surprise. Slamming my shoulder blade hard into the door. I cursed. Maybe he wasn't so asleep after all. I rubbed the sore spot and looked around. Mr. Tumnus sat in the center of the hallway, his yellow eyes looking expectantly at me. For what? I wasn't sure. Er, welcome home? I just grinned, as if this were an impressive mansion instead of a run-down one-bedroom home. Are you hungry? Because I know I am. The only response was the lazy swish of his tail against the moth-eaten hallway rug. I sighed. I was officially crazy. But at least now I can explain the way why I talk to myself. Come on, I'll give you a tour. I think I have some old cans of tuna you can have. Tomorrow I'll get you some proper food. An ear twitched and I smiled hopefully. Maybe he didn't understand me. Just a little bit after all. The night was uneventful. Mr. Tumnus followed me from the beige hallway to the outdated micro-kitchen for a shared dinner of tuna on rye. He sat next to me on my brown crackle of the couch as I watched reruns of Seinfeld, his tail thumping the spot next to me as if he were drumming his fingers in boredom. To my surprise, he hopped in bed with me when I went to sleep, curling up next to me and purring contently. I was taken aback by how happy I felt just by his mere presence. Having someone to share your life with can really change a lot of things. Even if my someone was a cat. Life of Mr. Tumnus colored my world in ways I didn't imagine. It was like I was colorblind and could finally see the depths of reds, greens, and blues around me. He dutifully listened to my work days in the evening, kept my lap toasty at night as I painted the tiny orcs, and slumbered by my side a reassuring weight against my back each night. It took six months for it all to go to shit. I pulled my beat-up car into my driveway, sighing happily to finally be home. Thankfully, Travis and his goonies were nowhere in sight. A relief because the last few weeks have been hell. Late-night parties, the degrading comments about me and Mr. Tumnus, 
They even left a bag of flaming fucking cat shit on my doorstep. Real fucking mature. As I stepped out of the car, my elderly neighbor, Miss Canali, ambled toward me. Have you seen Jack? I closed the gap, meeting her at the curb. Her wrinkled eyes were forlorn. Geek moves of concern marred her normally worn face. A pallid red dog collar was clutched to her chest. I'm sorry, Mrs. Canali, but I haven't seen Jack. Did he get out again? The Jack in question was a dopey little bass hound who was as old as Mrs. Canali herself. Jack got out from time to time due to my neighbor's diminishing mind. I did my best to always look out for the older dog. His hearing and eyesight were fading, but his nose was still in its prime, allowing his snout to be the culprit of his solo walks. I spent many nights in the last few years corralling Jack back home to his master. Would you like me to make a loop around the usual spots? She nodded fervently, tears brimming in her gray eyes. He's never been gone this long. My brows lifted. How long has he been missing? Four days. I drove around the neighborhood and a little bit beyond for two hours that night, looking for Jack, but did not find a trace. My stomach tightened with unease each night the old boy was gone. Only holding Mr. Tumnus close at night, his soft purrs settling my nerves, brought me comfort. In the weeks that followed, three other neighborhood pets went missing. Every light pole on our dismal street was littered with flies of furry faces. I did my part for Mrs. Canali each night, circling the block a few times, falling for Jack before heading home with my own pet. A handful of times I checked on Mrs. Canali, I would find her back door wide open. I politely scolded her each time, making sure to shut it and have her lock it after each visit. She claimed that Jack would come home eventually, and better to have the door open waiting for him and him to be left out in the cold longer. When I came home from work Tuesday evening, I found my street under complete lockdown. Fire truck, ambulance, police officers, and even wildlife troopers buzzed in chaotic harmony as I put my car in park and joined the rest of my neighbors behind the yellow caution tape around Mrs. Canali's home. Travis stood in the back, his muscles leaving little room for anyone else, a passive expression on his face. What happened? Old Bat finally kicked the bucket. I cringed at his endearment toward our now late neighbor. Dead? Do we know the cause? Travis looked down at me and then his mouth ripped into a noxious grin. Sad to see the only woman that would touch your lonely dick is gone now. I heard there's barely anything left of her. Ice licked through my veins as Travis continued, obviously getting off at my bewildered expression. Oh yeah, man. Some bear and cougar stalked her in there last night and tore that old bat into bite-sized pieces. Said that the only thing left of her was her dentures and the not-so-tasty parts. <laughs> my tongue felt too thick for my mouth. I think, I think I'm gonna be sick. I dashed from the scene, Travis's laugh trailing <laughs> behind me. Sweet Mrs. Canali was in fact murdered by some type of large carnivore. And while we did live in a heavily wooded area with a vast amount of predators, but I never thought they would be so bold. Mrs. Canali had once again left her back door open for Jack in a desperate attempt to bring her old companion home. She had left the bowl of his favorite dinner out, kibble with a mix of chicken broth and boiled chicken. 
The animal in question must have smelt it and then ventured further into the home to see what there was to find. Her death was the talk of the block for weeks, as well as the favorite method of torment from Travis. Most nights I would come home to find him and his lackeys drunk in his driveway. Their favorite form of verbal abuse? Describing to me in detail how her body was found. How the walls of her bedroom appeared to have a fresh coat of sticky red paint. How the smell of iron was so strong in the air. The carpet is probably going to have to be ripped out and replaced. That somehow, in this carnivore's frenzy, they managed to hook a piece of her entrails into the blades of the ceiling fan. The unfortunate appliance was on and had slowly lifted her intestines into the air, working like a reverse coil, gathering them up tight while she lay slowly dying. After her death, I made sure to lock every door in the house, buttoning up tight to make sure Mr. Tumnus and I were safe and secure. With Mrs. Canali's death gnawing at my mind, I happened to miss the turnoff of my exit from my usual coffee spot one morning. I cursed under my breath, my fingers angrily searching Google Maps for the next coffee location. I ended up in a part of town that I rarely ventured. It was a gentrified project of our region. Artisanal shops and restaurants lined the main street. A surprising amount of people were already out jogging or partaking in free park yoga. Everyone in this part of the town was beautiful. A seeming prerequisite for living in the smattering of blocks that had turned progressive. I stood in line inside Cup of Joe's, failing to decipher the menu of lats, fraps, and boba, when a familiar voice soothed my anxiety. Hey, stranger. I didn't think you lived in this part of town. Allison stopped behind me, her luscious hair unbound and falling past her shoulders. She ran her fingers through it, smiling, sending the scent of lavender and sweet vanilla to curl into my nose. I forgot how to speak. She waved a hand in front of my face. Hello, Earth to Harry. You must be a don't talk to me till I have my coffee person. <laughs> she laughed at her own joke. Yeah, uh, I kind of am. Do you, do you come here a lot? I literally know what any of that stuff means. I hooked a thumb in the direction of the menu, my eyes pleading with her for help. No problem. First Joe's on me. I laughed at her pun, not knowing how else to reply. I allowed her to order for me, and we moved to stand with the other patrons loitering near the pickup window. So, what brings you into my part of town? Of course she lived here. They probably petitioned for her the day she moved to this town. This is going to sound so pathetic, but I missed my normal coffee exit. Ah, uh, that'll do it. We stood in what I hoped was comfortable silence for a few minutes until the barista called Allison's name. I sipped my drink, burning taste of almond, vanilla, and cocoa powder landing on my tongue. How is it? Hot. <laughs> she laughed, a lovely bird sound that tickled the base of my skull. I smiled, feeling the past few weeks wash away with her presence. Thank you for the coffee and the laugh. I, I needed it. She looked at me quizzically, but didn't pry. It's not a problem. I owe you one, Allison, especially after finding me Mr. Tumnus. Her smile broadened like a sunrise. Maybe payback with... She let the question linger, and my permanent brain leaped before my logical half could falter. Dinner at my place tonight? My heart boomed in my chest, nearly rattling my teeth. She nodded, assessing my offer. Dinner could work. Give me your phone. By the time I got back to the car, the underside of my arm was fire red from all my pinching. 
I hadn't been on a date in two years, and somehow I managed to snag a date with one of the most beautiful women I had ever seen. Things are finally looking up. I sent a text to Allison when I got off work with my address and a time to swing by for dinner. I hurried home, snagging a small bouquet of yellow lilies on my way for our lovely date. I turned into my driveway and was relieved to find Travis's house dark, the same as it had been for the past three nights. The night was crisp, stars were already poking their faces through the sky, with a few crickets fine-tuning their instruments. It felt idyllic for the beginnings of something new. Something I could hold tight in my mind for the rest of my life. I just had to make it through this initial date. I ran through the house, doing some last-minute cleaning. Mr. Tumnus hot on my heels, curious about my frenzied behavior. I took a quick shower, combed back my hair, and Mr. Tumnus's as well. I think we look good, buddy. A deep, lazy meow of agreement came from my midnight shadow. On cue, the doorbell rang. I tried not to run, seeming too eager, and made my way to the front door. Allison stood on the porch, her light brown hair a halo around her perfect oval face. Hey, Harry. My name on her tongue had my toes lifting out of my shoes. Hey, Allison, you look amazing. Thanks. We stood awkwardly in the doorframe a moment, a quick meow breaking the silence. Mr. Tumnus sat at my side, the perfect greeter. One paw reached out as if to shake her hand. Allison bent to take Mr. Tumnus' paw in her hand, pumping it gently. I, I can't believe you taught him tricks. <laughs> I, I laughed weakly. <laughs> Neither can I. I scratched my head, trying to remember if he had ever done that before. Honestly, it didn't matter. He could turn around and juggle for all I cared if he kept making me look good in front of Allison. Come on in, I gestured for her to come inside. Would you like a tour? I showed her in my small, sad space, but she didn't seem to mind. Pausing to ask me polite questions about my model collection, commenting on my small book collection, all while I tried not to hover or hyperventilate. We found ourselves in my small kitchen when I realized I never took her coat. Oh, I'm sorry, do you, do you want to hang your coat in my hall closet? That's all right, please. She handed me her coat and I dashed down the short hall, afraid if I left her for too long she would vanish into the night. I opened the closet door and screamed. Ah! Allison poked her head from the kitchen. Are you are you okay? She moved toward me, but before she could reach me, I slammed the door shut, leaning my back against it, barricading what was inside. Oh, oh yeah, 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 no, yeah, fine, 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 fine. I laughed like a loon. What the fuck? What the fuck? It was... It was... A rat! A very, very big dead rat. Allison's nose wrinkled. Yeah, uh, so sometimes way out here we can find him in a home, so mostly seeking food or shelter. He just, he just surprised me, is all. <laughs> My heart knocked against the closet door. I should probably get dinner on the way. Would you like a drink? I moved toward the kitchen, turning Allison with me. Um, sure. <sighs> what the fuck was I gonna do? My fingers trembled as I sliced mushrooms and onions. Allison filling the space with light conversation, but I could barely keep track of any of it. Inside my cupboard of a closet was the head of my bullying next-door neighbor, Travis. His mouth hung open, a black voice staring back at me. His tongue was missing, along with his hateful eyes. One of my heavy-duty coat hangers kept him securely in place, 
having been bent in three places. It seemed to have been shoved into the opening of his neck where his spinal cord should have been, erupting from the top of his skull. A few pieces of brain matter clung to the crude hook. For balance, the ends were folded magically into his neck, exiting just below the lobes of his ears like the bloody bolts of Frankenstein's monster. His pained face burned a hole in my mind, leaving no room for Allison. We sat in silence, steaming pasta nestled forgotten in front of me. Harry? Huh? Oh, uh, uh I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I stood, the scrape of my chair grinding against my nerves. Sorry, I really should clean up that rat in the closet. Don't want him to start smelling. <laughs> I moved to the sink, yanking a trash bag and gloves from beneath it. Um, okay. I could tell I was beginning to lose her. Shit, shit, shit. Two minutes. I ran down the hall, leaving Allison in the good company of Mr. Tumnus. I could do this. I can make this right. I just needed to get rid of the head for now, save my date with Allison, and figure out what to do later. I flung open the door of the closet and tried not to scream again at the pure sight of him. I thrust my hands into the rubber gloves and opened the trash bag as best I could, as to not get blood on me. I hoisted Travis's head from the coat rack with one hand doing my best to keep the bag open with the other. A pitter-patter of blood tapped on the inside of my closet floor. I tried not to gag, and the intense flood of iron coating the back of my throat. Hurrying out the front door and down the steps in one leap, I dashed around the side of my house, disposing of the head in my trash for now. For good measure, I left the gloves over the lid to use again later. A muffled scream snapped my head up. My eyes whipping around for the owner's voice. But I was alone. Only the crickets to see my criminal act. Shit, was that Allison? Oh god, what if... What if there were more parts of the closet I didn't see? Fuck, fuck, fuck! Why was this happening? My feet moving faster than they ever had before, I ran around to the front of the house and took the steps in one bound. I skidded to a stop in the kitchen. My eyes adjusting to the light. I should have never left. The bits of my dinner floating up to the surface. Red. So much red. Blood was splashed on the floor in rabbit streaks across the faded linoleum floor. Blood and pasta sauce collided on the tabletop, creating a ruby blanket for its main dish. Allison lay on the table, her head facing me. Bubbles of blood leaked from her soft lips, tears running down her cheeks. Her body jerked roughly back and forth as the naked man buried himself in the tender flesh of her belly. My dinner finally had enough, my stomach emptying onto the kitchen floor. Holy mother of God, I whimpered, my eyes returning to the unbelievable events in front of me. The man lifted his head. Striking yellow eyes gazed back at me, a fang grin gliding across the man's face. Too wide, too wide. His black, sleek hair framed high cheekbones, and a perfectly straight nose that was tipped red like a sadistic Rudolph. His tall, lean frame taking up all the room the tiny kitchen had to offer. He was perfect, a midnight Adonis coated in blood. <laughs> I am sorry, Harry. 
but she looked good enough to eat. The man laughed again, <laughs> leaning his long frame against the counter. His bloody fingers smeared along the tile, drawing my attention. No, not, not fingers. Bloody claws. Oh, don't you worry, my dear boy, Harry. She wasn't going to fuck you anyway. <laughs> the man brought his fingers to his lips, his long tongue lapping languishly at the blood. Oh, she was delicious. I haven't had such a specimen of life in ages. Oh, who, who the fuck are you? The question came out as a whisper, my mind broken into a thousand pieces. The man rose to his height, his head inches from the ceiling. He bowed at the waist, leaning up to smile, a too wide smile back at me. Why, Mr. Thomas, dear Harry, I must admit, that has been my favorite name I have had been given. Mr. Thomas, my mind couldn't process the omission. Ah, yes. It's been a while since I've had to make introductions. My last few families have been rather irksome. I barely lasted a week before I can rid myself of them. Ugh, and the taste. Humans don't taste like they used to. All fat and no real meat. My name's Loren, by the way. I... I, I don't understand. Most humans don't. You've been a real treat, Harry. Living with you, witnessing your sad, pathetic life. It's been the best vacation a cat could ask for. And the food in this region... Just delectable. Especially that pissant of a neighbor of yours. Travis? I stammered, trying to put the pieces together. Oh, yes. Travis. Thought to play a little prank on his poor neighbor, Harry. Jimmy, the window open to steal your beloved model collection. The way he screamed. Loren tipped his head back, his eyes momentarily shutting as if he could taste the memory. Delightful. You... you did that to Travis? I backed up a step, Loren tracking my movement. He deserved to die, Harry. Don't you agree? He was absolutely abhorrent to you. I put him to much better use. This wasn't real. This wasn't real. Oh, Harry, I am truly sorry. Especially for what's to come next. There was no time to breathe to process his meaning. In a surge of motion, Loren crossed the distance between us, his claws wrapping around my neck, slamming my head into the kitchen wall. 
stars illuminated in front of my lids. He released me suddenly, my legs crumbling without his supportive grip. In a daze, I watched him crouch down, nimble and graceful like the feline he claimed to be. He took my arm in his large hand, turning it palm up. No, this is going to sting a little. A single claw extended in size, its razor-sharp end gleaming in the dank light. Pain zipped up my arm as Lorenz slashed open my arm from wrist to elbow. Soft moan escaped his lips as my blood ran in steady rivulets from the gash. You smell as sweet as I thought you would. Dipping his head, Loren lapped at the blood. The act so like Mr. Tumnus, well, so like himself, that a hiccup laugh tumbled from my lips. With a parting smile, he laid me down, my blood starting to soak the front of my shirt and jeans. Until we meet again, dear Harry. <laughs> and then the whole world went dark. So, you, you see, it wasn't me. You, you, you have to believe me. My, my, my cat killed all those people. Mr. Tumnus killed Allison. I'm not crazy! It was the cat! My cat killed them all! The officer pushed my head into the police cruiser, my body thrashing against his hold. The door slammed, sealing my fate. I told him to check my arm, to check where Loren had sliced my wrist open. But there was nothing there but sticky pink skin. Under the porch light, my eye caught on the glimpse of the black and orange fur nestled contently in the arms of a female officer. Yellow eyes gazed back at me, and I swear, devil winked back at me. This has been a Morbid Forest production. On this week's episode, you've heard Human for Lease, written by Naomi Richards and narrated by Sean Moreau, Naomi Richards, Matthew Trevino, and Cara Ferkstorm. And I just want to take a moment to give a special shout out to Cara. <laughs> she is a podcaster, an artist, and a doer of things and owner of a Ferguson. <laughs> She is the creator and host of a very awesome podcast, Conquest of Bliss, a show about helpful tips and ideas to bring you closer to find your happiness with guests like yours truly, as well as psychologists and leading doctors in the world. Kara tries her best to come from a layman standpoint on helping someone find their happiness when they can't find it themselves. Go ahead and check out her awesome podcast on Spotify. And she also has a Patreon as well. I'll go ahead and link all of her info in the show notes. Thanks so much, Carrie, for coming on with us. <laughs> as always, you can find us on Instagram at The Morbid Forest. You can always write us a little love letter at themorbidforest at gmail.com. And a small little announcement, we have decided to start our own Patreon. Yay, Patreon! <laughs> As we progress with the show, and Sean and I have already talked, we definitely will be doing a season two. We are looking to raise a little bit more funds for the show, and also just to be able to connect with you guys a little bit more. 
we've outlined a few tiers on there we're just kind of starting out with just the basics but you can find us over there at patreon.com slash the morbid forest so come check us out hang out with us a little bit send us another note all the things <laughs> and i'll see you next week travelers on the morbid forest